Hello and welcome to the Turnaround Talk Show and Podcast. I am your host, Marcia Tepperman, the creator of the Turnaround Method. And in this show, me and my guests will have fascinating conversations on how to use adversity as a springboard to create a thriving life. Today, my guest is Melissa Lapides. Melissa is a mother of three teens, an integrative psychotherapist, a licensed marriage and family therapist, the founder of Safe Space Trauma Certification, and an emotional regulation expert. And we are going to talk about how to transform trauma into possibilities. Hey, Melissa, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, thank you for having me. And should we mention that you are being certified to do Safe Space Trauma? Yes, please. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm so honored to be on with you. And just today, I was actually um, just thinking about our course when I was looking through my social media feed and um, reading and how important it was that uh, that module we had on um, um, trauma, racial trauma. And um, everything that I'm learning, it's been so, so valuable. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to to bring you here to have a great chat about how we we transform trauma and turn it into possibilities. And I couldn't think of anyone better to talk about this than you. Thank you. This is definitely my favorite topic in the whole universe because – I suffered for so long in my own life because of early childhood trauma. And just to clarify, people think that trauma has to be like abuse or a natural disaster. And nine times out of 10, people's traumas are um, something that they've experienced in their family of origin, even something as simple, not so simple, as a parent that wasn't emotionally validating. And we go our whole life with having these imprints, which is trauma, because of these things that happen in different relational situations. That's how we get trauma. And so trauma is also passed on through generations. So sometimes we have trauma that we're holding for our great-grandparents, for instance, um, my great-grandparents were Holocaust survivors, and my grandparents came over as immigrants, and I carry that trauma still. When I started to really unpack my own trauma, so much of it was fear of not surviving. And I mean, I grew up with a house and nobody chasing me, but I always felt that trauma in my body and so did my daughter like would always be like I'm scared someone's coming to get me and it's like there's actually been research that shows that trauma makes an imprint on your genes and then gets carried through generations and so I know that the word sounds really scary and big and what I want to say is that we all have it. We all have trauma because we're not living in a super healthy functioning society. And I have a lot of proof for that at this point, right? I mean, let's look at what's happening in the world. The disease that's happening um, is so at the surface now. And that 
surface level disease is just a reflection of what's happening inside each and every one of us. And so we have a personal responsibility to heal this trauma in order to make this world a better place, in order to give our kids better lives, in order to not have war, in order to not have war with ourselves. And so when we talk about uh, possibilities or potentiality that can happen through healing trauma, it's endless how much we can really make space for when we decide to start working on this stuff. Mm. So good, yes, and um, and most of the time people think that the work that we do on trauma has to be through talk therapy, but in fact, what I learned from you and that I experience firsthand through uh, sessions with you is that a lot of that we actually hear through our body. So can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I just got the chills for some reason when you said that because it's like it's such a big deal for people to understand this. You know, how many people have you heard say they went to therapy but it didn't work for them, or they did all the mindset work, <clears throat> still they're struggling. And the reason being is that trauma is literally stored, like I said, in our cells and our DNA, like it is in our bodies. And so we cannot heal trauma from the mind. It's like, say my trauma is that, you know, I am not making enough money or I'm always scared of, of being in big groups of people, right? And you could do all the work of like, okay, I'm just going to think positive or I'm going to think that this is safe. But thinking is only less than 10% of where our behaviors and actions stem from. They come from the embodied experience. And so when we have trauma stuck in our body, we have to get it out through our body. And so the way that we do this is going into altered states of consciousness with clients. This is the work that I do and I teach so that you can start to reconnect people into their feeling states and their senses in their bodies even further. We have been walking around on this planet only in our heads. How many people out there ruminate on the stuff that they have to do all day long, right? This is like the biggest problem that I hear over and over is I can't get out of my head. Well, why do we think that is? <laughs> because we're set up to be in our head ever since we start school in kindergarten. It's all about learning really systematic, factual things that take memorization effort. And so we're moving our society away from an embodied and felt experience and into a disassociated state. And so what the trauma work is all about is supporting people to move back into full body association so that you get so attuned to the nuances that are happening in your body and in your senses that you never have to wonder, is this right for me? Should I do this? Because guess what? You know, you know, the doctor doesn't know because you can ask three doctors and they'll give you three different answers. You know. And so when we go to do, I don't know, should I take this job and, da -da -da -da, and we're doing all the facts. 
feel into it. How does that feel? Mm. I ask people. And when we start living our life by allowing ourselves to guide ourselves, the whole world opens up for us. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about how trauma disconnects us from our intuition. Because one of the things that I personally experienced was that confusion that comes from the lack of safety. And... um, and I wasn't always experiencing that confusion, but some situations can can reenact trauma and cause confusion. And <clears throat> but I also want us to talk a little bit about this intuition. So how having experienced trauma will affect our intuition. So when we are in situations, we are less likely to to respond properly to to what is it that is in front of us. Yeah, trauma shatters our ability to listen to ourselves and trust ourselves. Because, like I said, when you have trauma, you go into a disassociative state. So, even if, let's use, and I don't want to diminish anybody's experience, but even if you are a child, right, and have a parent that's not able to pay attention to you, we think of this as a little trauma. It's a big trauma, actually. Um, you start to shut down because you don't have the capacity to process the emotions that come along with that, the rejection, the disappointment, the anger. So what happens is our nervous system is smart and it literally just shuts down. It goes into fight or flight because it needs to protect us from that emotional um, like flooding in our systems because as kids, no one gives us the tools, right? So we disassociate, shut down, and we start to not feel. That's how our body actually takes care of ourselves when our survival is threatened. But when we get in the pattern of doing that, we do it over and over and over, and our survival isn't actually being threatened anymore, but we're still shutting down and disassociating because nobody's ever taught us what to do with our feelings and what to do when you don't feel good. How many kids, you know, will be crying and parents will be like, can you stop? Get over it. There's nothing to be sad about anymore. And it's not the parent's fault, right? It's just that a lot of times nobody knows what to do with it. What about when you see a homeless person? Oh, yeah, that discomfort that comes from the overwhelm and the guilt that you have better than them or whatever that is for each and every one of us. Yeah. But oftentimes we won't even look at them because it's too uncomfortable, right? That's what happens in ourselves. We won't look at those parts of ourselves that feel gross, that feel shame, that feel disgust, that feel anxious, that feel fear because it's too hard to look at and sit with and be with. And if you don't know how to access safety in your body, the truth is that you could emotionally flood from going there. And so the trauma work is about learning how to access a safe space. That's why my program is called Safe Space. Well, one of the two reasons, and also because the the facilitator is holding the safe space to relay that transference of feeling to the client. So, so many of us haven't grown up feeling safe inside and without learning 
how to feel safe, our bodies are not going to allow those repressed feelings to come up and process because we still feel like we're going to flood on some level. And so it's a, it's a process to learn how to create that safety to heal the trauma. And I don't know if this was, I forget what the original question even was. Wow, yes, 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 yes. Well, I guess we also, uh, we didn't learn feeling our feelings at all. A lot of us don't even know how to articulate the words for feelings. Um, Grown-ups uh, don't, don't know how to articulate or even acknowledge when there is a feeling that is not a noble feeling, for example. So they just deny that there is any negative emotion and <clears throat> but, you know, act out uh, sometimes when they are dealing with those without any knowledge. But um, so... When, when someone needs to, to heal trauma uh, through the body, what is, tell us a little bit more about that process. So I, I know because I have experience, but I, wanna, I wanted to share with us and share what, how, how does that turn into possibilities? How does accessing the body and the feelings in the body um, will turn into possibilities? Yes. So when we learn how to, first of all, start to access what it feels like to feel safe, and then we get into the felt experience by, it's, it's an altered state. So you're taking a client through hypnosis, visualization, meditation, exercises to have them start to be able to get deeper and deeper into the experience in their body. And what we find is that so many bodies, so many people are filled with disease. And so let's just talk about this for one moment. Yes. Um, Disease is when the body is not at ease. When we repress emotions, what do we have? Stuck energy in the body. It's not at ease. It's stuck, right? So imagine like something's trying to go through a pipeline and it can't because we repressed it. And we just keep pushing it down. And so the pipes are all clogged and stuck. This disease, if you don't heal the trauma, it's going to come to a physical manifestation, right? And so what happens when we start to move the disease out by healing the trauma is now we're left with all this space. So that trauma that we've held in, we attract vibrational matches and situations that are reflective of the trauma. So have you ever had the same kind of relationship play out over and over in your life? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, and we were talking about that just before we started recording this, um, that it sort of like validates your experience almost. It sort of like brings it back. And reading uh, Peter Levine's book, and he talks about the the... Um, the war veteran going and recreating that situation with the, with the with the police uh, it was a way for him to re-experience the trauma again and it's it's a it's often to a, a way to sort of like move it's it's a it's seeking for a way for the body to release the trauma but it doesn't always does that is that is that right did I get that right? We repeat the same patterns. And this is also, you know, part of psychotherapy theory too. We repeat the same patterns because we feel like we're going to get a reparative experience out of them. 
that's how we unconsciously think. We do what's comfortable. So if we had an abusive dad, we're most likely to end up in an abusive relationship unless we've healed the abuse because that's all we know. That's what we're comfortable with. We attract what we're used to. So when we're like, wait a second, this isn't comfortable anymore. My pipes are clogged. I need to dismantle what's going on in there. Then you're free because you're aware of what, what you're holding, what you have held. You have the tools to let it go. Then you have space to ask yourself, okay, well, what is it that I really want? Because I know that didn't feel good, right? And then you have the, the room to call in a different experience for yourself. And a different, a different energy, right? Exactly. So uh, my understanding is that the, one of the reasons why talking about our experiences and helpful is that because oftentimes our memories are not accurate, uh, an accurate representation of our experiences as well, right? There's a lot of um, kind of piecing of information to, that, that we hold as memories, but they're not necessarily our memories. So going through the body is um, it's a way to sort of release that, um, but, but create, create a different experience as you release as well with the, same, with the same traumatic situation, but in a different way because you don't want to relieve those memories all the time. Is that right? Right. And the memories, every memory, every experience we have holds a charge, right? And that's what gets stuck in the body is the charge. And so you don't even really have to access the memory. You have to access the charge that keeps happening. And when you could access the charge, right, the memories kind of get neutralized as you reprogram your nervous system to not be charged. It's calm. And so you don't have to relive And that's why I hated being a therapist in so many ways. I don't want people to have to tell their terrible stories over and over and over if it really reactivates them. And oftentimes it does. Yes. So I am going to share a little bit about how trauma uh, turns into possibilities and how I had, I was in tears watching my client go through this process because I, I just I feel uh, called to, to share this. It's, it's such a beautiful um, thing to experience when you see someone moving from that rigidity and that contraction into peace and space and seeing their face transform. And then when you sort of bring a new way for the person to resource a new energy in, they come up with the most beautiful visions for themselves so just just in you know and it happens in a matter of 15 20 minutes it doesn't take five ten years of therapy of talk therapy really is that quick it doesn't mean that it's not going to come again and that a different situation will come but we're also teaching the person to have the resource to to find that safety from within and and resource whatever energy they want again and again and that's 
that's how we get into the possibility part, isn't it? Can you explain to us a little bit more about that in your own? Yeah, trauma heals in layers. So like imagine a, a bowl or a glass that's filled with rocks, right? And we take out one. And then we have a little more space in there to put something else in. And then we take out the next and then put something else in and then take out the next. And it's like, what do you want to start filling with? But it's always a process of filling and emptying because the first one you put in after you've finished all the rest and it's down here, you now change again because we evolve and now maybe that rock doesn't fit anymore, right? And that was part of an old part of you. And so healing trauma is a process of allowing your body to be in its natural evolution, right? When we look at trees or plants or grass or anything that's growing, it's, it's always cycling through stages, right? The tree has the leaves and the leaves fall and then it regenerates. We need to do that with our inner world in order to evolve as human beings. And so when we decide to heal trauma, right? Trauma is a bunch of rocks that's keeping you down. When we decide to heal it, we're free to be whatever. We're not tied to our past. We're not tied to our culture. We're not tied to our society. We're not tied to our education system anymore. We're not tied to the beliefs of how we're supposed to be. And we get to start to really explore who we are versus who we think we're supposed to be. And the freedom in that, the possibility in that is life-changing because who knew? Who knew you got to even discover who you are, what you want, what feels good for you? We don't, we don't know that when we are when we're held down by our traumas. Yeah, so true. Yeah, that's amazing. So tell us a little bit more about, like if someone is listening to this conversation and they go and say, oh, I'm not sure if I have experienced trauma and, and how would that be affecting my life today? So what are some of the signs that people need to look out for uh, to, to know that they may have experienced trauma. And we know that a lot of people, most people had, and that they may be sort of operating from that traumatized place most of the time. People who are over-analytical, people who are rigid, people who feel the need to control, people who are confused. If you have a lot of confusion and you're always asking other people what they think you should do, these are all psychological signs of trauma. There's also physical signs. You know, if you have digestive issues, a lot of autoimmune disease is linked to trauma. Um, anxiety, fear, it, the list goes on and on. I would say if you think you have trauma, you probably do. <laughs> and if you Most don't, you probably do too. <laughs> exactly. And if you don't, then your trauma is probably even worse than the other person. <laughs> If you shut down from your emotions completely and you can't even name them or feel it, that's um, a pretty good indication. Relationship issues is another big one. Mm. Parenting issues. Yeah. And, and so talk to us a little bit about the coaching space and what are 
how can a coach actually traumatize a client even more instead of helping a client? So when coaches can't um, be with people in their darkest place and they want to fix them, change them, give them their three-step process, that's dangerous. Like real healing comes through being able to sit with somebody in their darkest hour and not feel like you have to do anything. Literally being in that space with them and you creating safety, right? It's like, that's a safe space. But when somebody will come to a coach and say, I have all this things like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Like that person's not going to heal. We heal through that connection and that transformative experience in relationship. So many coaches out there have agendas. They have processes that they put on you. They don't even have the capacity inside of themselves because they haven't attended to their own traumas. And it becomes like a narcissistic um, industry in a lot of ways. And, and same with the spiritual world, right? It's like, if you're not doing it like this, you're not Buddhist enough or whatever it is, right? And so that's um, trying to fit people in boxes, systems, um, giving advice, like that is all re-traumatizing. That whole thing, walking, walk straight into your fears, feel good all the time. No, you have to go to the mindset all the time, just be positive and, yeah. So damaging. It's mm -hmm. so damaging. I used to have a sign on my wall that said positive vibes only. And now I think back and I'm like, wow, how disowning of like all of my parts is that? So like in that industry, it's the same thing. How disowning of our humanity is that? It's natural to feel grief. It's natural to feel sadness. It's natural to feel angry. So when any system starts to disown your humanity, that's a big red flag right there. When a coach can't sit with you in your darkest emotions and they want to give you a formula or problem solve with you, that's a red flag right there. And the other thing I heard you say that I wanted to repeat is something about safe and unsafe people. I love this topic. Yeah. Talk Especially about unsafe people and safe people. Unsafe people are people that claim that they have it all figured out, that claim that they all have the answers. Unsafe people are people that can't validate your feelings, no matter what. It's always like you are too sensitive. You are too moody. You, instead of, wow. That must be hard for you to feel that way. Or I'm sorry, people that can't take responsibility for themselves. Unsafe person. When you're feeling hurt and you tell somebody and they can't take responsibility, that's an unsafe person. Because when you're hurt by somebody else, nobody gets to decide that you're not, that that's not the truth for you. And if somebody can't see you in that space and be with you in that space, that's not a safe person. How about someone that never feels any negative emotion? Not anything. Not a safe person. Not, Not a safe person. They're an alien living on planet Earth. <laughs> and because people who 
Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. It's natural to have all the emotions. It's natural and it's human. Yeah. And people who don't answer your questions and <laughs> don't, yeah, so don't listen, don't answer the questions and they have, they, they kind of stick to their agenda all the time, right? Push their agenda on you. Very unsafe. And like, People who have trauma get attracted to these kind of people because like I said, one of the biggest things with trauma is we don't trust ourselves, and we're constantly confused. So when someone claims to have all the answers, people with trauma swarm to them because yeah. they don't trust themselves. And they're like, Ooh, they know all the answers. I've seen people spend thousands of dollars on people who claim to have all the answers because they don't trust themselves because of their trauma is not healed. Yeah. We just need to be careful with, um, yeah, some, some people are not safe to be around and, and we trust them maybe because of that supposedly constant positive energy or know it all or have all the answers, but that's, uh, that can be, uh, disconnect you from your knowing or from your own, um, yeah, feelings and intuition. Yeah. yeah. Thank you thank give you. your power away. That's yeah. what it is. It's a giving up of your own power and believing somebody else over yourself. Mm. Is there anything else you want to share about this topic with us? Well, I just want to share lastly, like how important it is for each one of us to end the trauma with us and our generation because if we don't do it we're leaving it up to our kids to do it and we have such a mess like in the world right now that it's our responsibility each and every one of us to participate in doing what we can to clean it up and recycling isn't enough at this point we need to clean up and recycle humanity right and upgrade humanity and evolve humanity and so this work isn't just for people that are sick or people that aren't feeling good. This work is for everybody. Yeah. One of the things that I, I think that a lot of people feel that you're only traumatizing your children when you are being abusive to them in the sense that you are being mean or nasty. But there could be other, other energies that could also traumatize children. Is that right? Oh, a million percent. If, if your parent's emotionally unavailable, if you don't have the capacity to empathize with your child, that's so destructive, they'll never have a sense of self that way. And so it's beyond important to heal trauma, not just if you feel abusive, but just because, like I'm saying, everybody has a responsibility to look at themselves now. Does that make yeah. sense? And how about, uh, for example, when parents elevate children to the status of being adults and or feel dependent on the children, uh, you know, like emotionally dependent on the children or over-focus on the children? Is that also a way that uh, that could also sort of lead to problems down the track? So yeah, A million percent. Then the child always feels the need to perform. Right. And having that responsibility is so um, diseased. Right. You, what, how do you feel in your body when you always feel like you have to perform for a parent? 
that's not healthy at all because you don't get to just be validated on your beingness. You start being validated on your achievements and your doingness. And that's not healthy um, parenting. Yeah, thank you so much. That's um, Mm -hmm. an interesting perspective to share with everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you and to talk to you as always. And I'm so lucky that I get to experience you every week now for how many weeks? For eight weeks and keep learning. And I know that I'm going to learn so much more. And uh, the course has been so interesting. And I learn about, you know, like sexual trauma, for example. I didn't think that sexual trauma was what what it is. I had a completely different view of sexual trauma. So there's so much to trauma that we are not aware. And I think, you know, right now we all may be experiencing um, a little bit of that because, because of what's going on in the world, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's all very veiled and very uh, unspoken and there is so many layers to it. So I encourage uh, everyone to, to, to look, to do a little bit of work because it can be really freeing and it keep, can really open up a lot of possibilities. That's right. Amen to that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, you. I will finish here. And if you, um, if you are here and you want to get updates uh, for the future episodes, please subscribe to this channel and share with other people who may need it. Thank you very much. The Turnaround Talk Show and Podcast is brought to you by Marcia Tepperman. You can find me on my website, www.marciatepperman.com.au, or you can connect with me on social media via Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to being with you again soon.